So, you know, fear is supposed to be like a defense mechanism that saves your yeah. life. So, like, the heaviest tank the Germans ever built. <laughs> well, not they ever sent the other, but the one that, like, the heaviest tank they put into, like, proper production wasn't just a prototype. It was, like, the Yarg Tiger. That was basically invulnerable to anything the Allies had, like, any gun the Allies had. But by the end of the war, which is when it was being produced, all their kind of, like, most of their their experience, like, tank crews are all dead. So they just had, like, just really young kids, essentially, like, driving tanks. <laughs> so they, like, engaged, like, some Americans, and they got freaked out by the fact that, like, loads of Shermans were just firing at them. But the tanks, like, the guns never would have pierced the armor. So they freaked out, panicked, turned around, turned their tanks around and tried to flee. But the rear of the tank could be pierced by Allied guns, so they were killed because of fear. So not always good to run away. <laughs> no, just go forward, especially if you're in a tank. That's silly. Why didn't they just make the whole tank out of the same material? I guess it'd be pretty heavy. Yeah, that, I mean, tanks are already, already pretty, heavy. pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Pass. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I think that, like, SAD is setting in a little bit. Yes, definitely. I got, like... I got a lamp and some vitamin D tablets, but they're not really working. I've got a lamp, but I live in a basement. Oh, man. And we've been off for a couple of weeks because yep. I was in Berlin, which was awesome, but also really cold. <laughs> yeah, man, that gets proper cold into Berlin. Yeah, we went to a lot of museums, we ate a lot of food, and now I'm back in the UK and now I'm sad. <laughs> what was your favourite food? don't know like what the dish is called but it's kind of like it was a bit like mac and cheese oh that stuff yeah that is good and it had like caramelized onions on the top and it was just the most tasty thing i've eaten in a long time is it the stuff that they call canoodle like noodle yes with a that's K it, it yeah i had pork knuckle there that was really good i like german food <laughs> yeah see for me like it was a bit of a struggle it's very meat heavy because it's very meat heavy (laughs) and i'm a vegetarian but they did have quite a lot of like nice cheesy things and we went to an italian one night to kind of you know (laughs) have a pizza um but their food is is quite cheap which is good and the ddr museum your recommendation was so good it's really interesting isn't it it was so fun yeah it has a lot of like interactivity do you want to expect from communist periods? No. So if you're in Berlin, definitely check it out, the DDR Museum. Also, going abroad wasn't as much of a faff as I thought it would be. Yeah, we found it really easy. You uh, just, like, crete. fill in a couple of forms. But you, you like, um, after... Because they we, basically changed the rules the day after we got back. Yeah, we got the rule changed. So all you have to do is take a test two days after you get back. Yeah. We had to get the test out there. Let's talk about the last spooky person. Yes, the end of our spooky, spooky month. Halloween month. It's quite a short one because there's not loads of information out there. And it's a bit of a like cheating one because it's not real. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Bloody Mary. Oh, and the mirror. Yes, not Mary Tudor, yeah. and not the drink. <laughs> Bloody Mary in the mirror, so the legend of... Saying it three times. Well, you say three, ah, okay, but then. we'll get there. So that just come from Beetlejuice, if they just nicked that <laughs> I think so. 
for those of you who don't know what Bloody Mary is, if you've been living under a rock, the idea is you look into a mirror and you say her name repeatedly and then Mary will appear and... Give you a bunch, lovely bunch of flowers and some chocolates. Yeah, she loves it. It's basically like... It's like Valentine's Day. Oh, it's like Candyman, you know, like you say it and then he comes and kills you, gives you candy. I'm going to talk about the kind of historical, then I'm going to talk about kind of different people it could actually be. Okay. And then some experiences. Okay. So, historically, the ritual, so the looking in the mirror and saying the name, Mm -hmm. is different how we would imagine it in modern times obviously so back in the day the story goes that a young woman would walk up a flight of stairs backwards holding a candle and a hand mirror in a dark house the woman would gaze into the mirror and as they did they would see the face of their future husband so they walked up the stairs backwards backwards Sounds really with a candle and a mirror. That's like the most two dangerous things you carry. But if they saw like a skull or the Grim Reaper instead of a face, it means that they would die before they met a husband. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's the historical kind of ritual. The modern ritual. Bloody Mirror appears to those who say her name a number of times, usually done in a mirror in a dimly lit or candle lit room. So you say three times but actually the actual ritual is 13 times that makes more sense 13 is the like the magical number yeah. kind of thing. or the, the creepy number, number. The bad, <laughs> yeah number whatever you want to call it but versions do differ so we would say three some would say five but 13 makes most sense to me yeah, yeah. So the apparition allegedly appears as like a corpse which is either evil or sometimes friendly Okay. Weirdly. You can be evil and friendly. Yeah, true. Very true. And the image is sometimes covered in blood. Hence, Bloody Mary. The law says that basically anyone who invokes her may endure the apparition screaming at them, cursing them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood, or scratching their eyes out. Oh, dear. They're all quite, that's quite a um that's quite a a variety of things. Yeah. Can you really be being screamed screamed to death is like that sounds Screamed to snagged death to death. I don't think they're screamed to death, they're just screamed at. <laughs> okay then. And then like, one of the other things happens. Well you don't die, you just get screamed at. You just get screamed at and you're like, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. Just like have a go at you about the state of the bathroom or something. <laughs> She's like, it's bloody dirty in there. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about who Bloody Mary could actually be. Okay, so some people believe that Mary is based off a woman called Mary Worth, who was apparently a witch. Always a witch, isn't it? They believe that she was a witch because she lived in a forest in a small cabin and was known on the local village for selling like herbal remedies and so so everyone was like witch she basically just sounds like a hippie (laughs) yeah but at that time everyone was like witch (laughs) locals were very wary of her and didn't get too close she thought like they thought they should curse them or their animals and 
used to like say that she was like a wicker. Then in this village that I don't have the name of, <laughs> small girls start to go missing. The people of the village kind of look everywhere they could think of, but they just they couldn't find them. They just couldn't find them. They're just looking under the bed. They're yeah, looking. they're not there. They're looking in the church <laughs> pews. So a few brave people went and ventured out towards Bloody Mary's cabin. Or Maryworth's cabin. This sounds a lot like the storyline to a Blair Witch Project. Kind of, except <laughs> like old. <laughs> It, 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 it diverts off, okay, off. so they go to the cabin and search for them and the witch or Mary let's just call her Mary denied all knowledge of the girl's disappearances but obviously everyone was really suspicious she was like old and looked haggard and then all of a sudden right oh, she know. looked like really feminine and youthful so they're oh, like, right. there's something okay, like witchy going on here. All right, not like in the moment they were speaking to her. No, like they were like speaking to her, and then she was all like, old, and then she went just magically just de-aged in front of them, and they went, "Ooh!" But there was little they could do because they didn't have any like evidence of anything. Okay. So then the story continues with the Miller's daughter. It's such a like. <laughs> Such the a fairy Millers. tale, isn't it? The Millers, the little <laughs> like, just not have a name. So basically, this little girl, who's the Miller's daughter, yeah. was captivated by like a mysterious noise that only she could hear. Okay. Her mum was sitting up in bed treating a bad toothache, apparently, and she was using a herbal remedy bought from Mary. So people did buy her remedies. Okay, then. So the miller's wife was very afraid and shouted for her husband, the miller, to come and help follow her daughter. So the daughter was like going towards the sound, basically. And they were shouting at her like, come back. But she... just going and like grabbed her or something? Well, she was like following some sort of unseeing force, right? Okay. But her mum's like got a toothache, so she can't get out of bed. I see. (laughs) Exactly. Because I mean, like, you have to walk on your teeth. Yeah. Like, so, well, imagine having like, like a root canal back in the day, though. Like, I so. I mean, if your kid was just like walking towards danger, though, I mean, like, you probably could go catch them. Even, yeah, even probably. Toothache. Okay. What, was, what was Miller Miller up to? Didn't he get called for? He just came back and went and just observed and went. He was like, come back. Yeah. <laughs> They're both rubbish parents. So basically, the miller and some townsfolk, including the town farmer, joined in the kind of walking towards this sound. When they got closer, they noticed that Mary was standing in a clearing next to a big oak tree. Apparently she was holding a wand, pointing it towards the miller's home, and it was almost glowing with an unnatural light. And the miller's daughter was heading like straight towards the light. Uh. The farmer and the miller noticed what Mary was doing. They set upon her with pitchforks and guns. And when she realised that everyone from the village knew what she was doing, she broke the spell and made for the forest. So it just went all out. Just got the guns out straight away. And the pitchforks. I mean, like, people don't muck around, do they? It's America, isn't it? It's America! (laughs) They've all got pitchforks (laughs) over there. It's one of their amendment rights. How did she die? Because obviously we know she dies because of the whole thing. So... 
She wasn't, basically, she just wasn't quick enough for the farmer. Quickly uh, loading his gun with silver bullets, apparently, in the okay. event that Mary decided to turn her attention towards his own daughter, he fired and shot her and caught her in the hip. She was caught, kicked and screamed and tried to get away, but she was then tied to a stake and burned. And so, you know, as witches are. As she was burning, apparently she set a curse upon the villagers and told them if they ever dared to utter her name in a mirror, she would be back for them. Her spirit would return to whenever they summoned her to exact her event. Unfortunately for the villagers with the missing children, when they got back home to the village and returned to Mary's house, they did a proper search where they found what they were looking for. Rows and rows of unmarked graves. It, she'd been oh, using man. the blood to make herself more youthful. All right, so she didn't just like discover hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic <laughs> acid, that's the one. Maybe that's what hyaluronic acid's made out of. She's actually the founder of L'Oreal. <laughs> hyaluronic! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this theory is cited in a lot of places, but one of them is the 1976 anthology of American children's folklore by Mary and Herbert Knapp. They say in their book, One child told us she was always too chicken to surround Mary Worth. She said, I knew I'd be really scared. And really, being scared is no fun. A child summons Mary Worth, alias Bloody Mary, alias Mary Weston. By going to the bathroom alone at night, turning out the lights, staring in the mirror, and repeating Mary Worth, softly but distinctly, 47 times. 47 times? That's, that's way more than 13. She comes at you out of the mirror with a knife in her hand and a wart on her nose, (laughs) says the little girl. That's like a full on, that's a cliche witch right there. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to make a witch up, might as well, like, make her up good. Okay, so, obviously this Mary Worth, it sounds like the most legitimate Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But while we're here, I'm going to talk about modern legend of Hanako-san, which, as you may be able to tell... Is Japanese. Okay. So Hanako-san, or Tori no Hanako-san, which means Hanako of the toilet? Is that, did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So she is uh, basically an urban legend of the spirit of a young girl called Hanako-san who haunts school toilets. Okay. Like many urban legends, the details of the origin kind of vary depending on the account. Some say that she was a ghost of a World War II era girl who was killed while playing hide and seek during an air raid, or that she was mur- murdered by a parent, or that she was murdered by a stranger, or that she committed suicide in the toilet. So yeah, she could have died anyway, really, couldn't she? Basically, as long as <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> Legends about Hanako-san have achieved some popularity in Japanese schools, where children may challenge classmates to summon Hanako-san. Details of her physical appearance obviously differ as well. She is commonly described as having a bobbed haircut and wearing a red skirt or dress. To summon Hanako-san, it is often said that individuals must enter the girls' toilets, usually on the third floor of a school, apparently. Okay. I don't know if that's a thing in Japan. Knock three times on the third stool and ask if Hanako-san is present. If Hanako-san is there, she will reply with some version of, yes, I am. And then, depending on the story... They may witness either a bloody, ghostly hand, or the hand of Hanako-san herself, or they may be pulled into the toilet, which leads to hell, or potentially 
the best one, I think. They may be eaten by a three-headed lizard. That sounds very random. Because they were invading Hanako-san's privacy. (laughs) (laughs) So author and folklorist Matthew Mayer has described the legend as dating back to the 1950s, basically. Apparently it's very well known in schools across Japan. Since the 1990s it's been used in films, it became like a big part of popular culture. So that's one that's just like very similar to Bloody Mary. So you can see that obviously we've got our English version, but there are like other worldly versions out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously there are explanations about what could be happening here like looking into a mirror in a dark room. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to talk about some of the science for a second. <laughs> just one <laughs> paragraph on science, and then I promise I won't. So looking into a mirror in a dimly lit room may actually cause you to like hallucinate. Your own facial features can distort, disappear, and rotate, and also strange faces may appear. Giovanni Caputo of the University of Urbino writes that this phenomenon, which he calls the strange face illusion, is believed to be a consequence of dissociative identity effect. Basically, it causes your brain's facial recognition to, like, misfire. Okay. So one other possible explanation is the Troxas fading, which is, everyone will know this, but you probably don't know what it's called. It's where you stare at like a particular point and then the image moves. Oh, so yeah, have you ever yeah. seen that one where you stare at it and it's colourful and then it becomes like completely grey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of that's what it's called, Troctor's fading. Or possibly even self hypnosis. Like if you're repeating something like forty seven times like that one yeah. chick was doing. You're probably gonna go in some sort of weird trance. <laughs> yeah. And the and what you're saying is gonna stop making sense. Yes. So Caputo, who I just mentioned, he conducted an experiment in 2010 in which people were asked to enter a dimly lit room and look at their reflection in the mirror for ten minutes. Afterwards they were asked to report what they saw. Of the 50 subjects, 66% reported seeing huge deformations on their face, and 48% also saw fantastical and monstrous beings. Others described seeing the face of a parent, some of whom were deceased, a face of an animal, or the face of an old woman or child. Okay, that's enough of the science. So, there are some other theories that I'm going to mention. So the research into Bloody Mary goes back to 1978 when a folklorist called Janet Langlos published her essay on the legend. Okay, so that's like the first instance we have of someone actually researching Bloody Mary. Okay. Then I found Alan June's essay, which is called Bloody Mary in the Mirror, A Ritual Reflection of Prepubescent Anxiety. And he talks about stories and theories. One story he had heard was that Bloody Mary was a character who was murdered in the woods behind Pinewood Elementary School in Pennsylvania. To call her ghost, girls would go into the bathroom and prick their fingers with a pin to drop a small amount of blood. They would press two droplets of the blood together and say, we believe in Bloody Mary, with ten times with their eyes shut. Then opening their eyes, they look into the bathroom mirror. The image of Bloody Mary's face would appear in the mirror. She was said to be a young girl with long hair pale skin and blood running down her face from a large cut in her forehead. Nasty. So that's another explanation of Bloody Mary. (laughs) 
<laughs> Next up is is Mary Wales from Indiana, who first appeared in the 70s. So one 12-year-old girl who's asked about Mary Wales said, Yes, I've heard of Mary Wales. To tell you the truth, I don't know much about her. All I know is that she stood on the corner when it rained and she had a long white dress on and then someone stopped to give her a ride and she would disappear in the back seat and just leave a wet splot of blood on the seat and she wouldn't be in the car anymore. Wow. So that's the Indiana legend. But Langlow's remarks on the mirror in her essay. So she said, it literally reflects the identification of participants with the Revenant. In normal situations, when any of the girls look into the mirror, she sees herself. In reports of the game playing, she sees Mary, or at least expects to, in the sense Mary becomes the girl's own reflection. So she's basically saying that it's just like, you see yourself, but it's distorted. June says that a plausible reason for the name Mary Worth is that he believes that a girl is socialised into believing that her worth as a female is realised through achieving womanhood, like marriage, childbearing, yeah. etc. So to be a worthy Mary, someone, you must become a woman. This, he says he suspects, is why Mary Worth was selected an alternative name for Bloody Mary. Basically, it's all about menstruation for Jean. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jean. You're a man, so... Don't really care. I myself have never played the Bloody Mary game. Have you? Have you? I have not played no. it. Okay, so here are some accounts. Just a couple of things of people who have. Okay. They're not like dramatic or anything. Bloody Mary during recess at school. You would go into the girls' bathroom. Your friends wait outside because only one person is allowed at a time. One girl stands at the door and turns the lights out once you've positioned in front of the mirror. When the lights are out, you close your eyes and turn around three times. Then you open them and stare straight into the mirror and chant, Bloody Mary, show your fright, show your fright, this starry night. You have to chant slowly so she has time to come from the spirit world. Then you wait to see her face. Once you see her, you have to run out of the bathroom where your friends are waiting. If you've sinned or done anything evil in your life, then you will have three scra- scratches of blood on your cheek. That's one person who played it at school. Okay. Well, did they have this? Did they report having scratches on their face? Damn it! It doesn't say. Maybe she was just the one that turned the light out. Okay. <laughs> so there's another one here. When I was in her uh, fifth grade. I would go into the girls' bathroom at Sir Thomas Aquinas School with two or three of my friends to see Bloody Mary. We turned off the lights, approached the four-foot-wide mirror and sprinkled water on the mirror. After sprinkling, we chanted Bloody Mary three times in the hopes of seeing her in the mirror. Then we flushed the toilets and the stalls of the bathroom. Bloody Mary's mark would appear later on that day through bleeding. For example, like she hurt herself during recess and bled, and her friends are like, oh, "It's Bloody Mary! She made you bleed." Okay, <laughs> last last one. When I was in third, fourth, and fifth grades, many of the girls celebrated their birthdays with a slumber party. I remember we were being played a few different ways. The idea was to go into the bathroom alone, and the light would be turned off. And there would be a candle or a flashlight barely visible in the bathroom. Then you're supposed to chant Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary as you look into the mirror. After you say Bloody Mary three times, a couple of things would happen. One, an image of a woman covered with blood would appear. Or two, you would just see your own reflection in the mirror, but the mirror would soon be covered with blood, so you look like you are covered in blood. 
At this point, the girls would either run out of the bathroom screaming, or at some parties, I remember the girls had to flush the toilet before they could come out. I think the toilet flushing was supposed to make the image go away, but no one ever stayed in the bathroom long enough to see anything disappear. As soon as they pushed the toilet lever, they would run out and scream. But it's always, like, young girls, so how much can you really believe? Exactly. And they say it, like, three times, I mean... Yeah, it's well, I think it's supposed to be 13 times. Yeah. If we look at the story of Mary Worth, she never specified like an amount of times. She just said, like, if you say my name. So surely that's like one time is yeah. sufficient. Maybe it's like trying to like rev up a, like a chainsaw or something. You just gotta keep doing it until it catches. Rev a chainsaw. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think I've seen it in a film. Um, <laughs> so you just gotta keep saying it, or like revving a bike or something. When you can't start a car, you're just going. Rrr, 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 rrr. Just have to keep saying the name as it starts, basically. See, it's weird because even though I don't believe in ghosts, I would never say it. No. Because but like, because I, I do. So you're I gonna risk would. it. Am I gonna risk it? No. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I asked my colleague the other day if she believed in ghosts, and she said she'd had um, a weird experience. Do you want to hear it? Yes, please. So she um, was... I don't know if it, were, if it was like a wake or something. Yeah. It was some sort of gathering at like an old house. Mm-hmm. And she was ready to leave, and they asked for their coats, and she felt like a coat being put on her. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, her coat. Somebody wasn't putting... It was, like, a ghostly presence. And she found out later on that there used to be a butler at their house. What the like a Like a butler and a footman. So they would, like, obviously put on people's coats for them. So she was, like, I kind of believe in it because, like, she was, like, it was seriously felt like somebody was putting on my coat. That is fucking creepy. Yeah, and I was like, that is pretty creepy, I have to admit. <laughs> you know, like I said, if I ever have an experience, I'm happy to, to turn <laughs> over to the believer side, but you really have to experience it yourself. Yeah, this is true. But that, you have to it will change your entire My entire belief system. system. It would just fuck me up, I think. That's why it's easier. It's just easier to be agnostic. And there's nothing that you have to accept. I don't like being agnostic. <laughs> it's too wishy-washy. <laughs> I love being a wish. I love being wishy-washy. That's why I'm a Lib Dem. <laughs> nah, if I want to be wishy, I be Labour. <laughs> Jesus. So next month. Well, it's already next month, but you know what I mean. In November, yeah. we will be doing Treason Month, right? Treason Month. Yeah. Treason Month. So we're talking about things or people or events that relate to treason. And what can they do? You can follow us wherever you're listening to this. Just click follow, maybe leave us a little review, five stars, no pressure. But if you want to, that would be really good. And yeah, for us on social media, though, there's not really much social media going on. I will take over <laughs> the Instagram account because that is a better account. I keep saying that every week, but I will actually do that. Okay, I will uh, actually try and give you the password. <laughs> at Have You Ever Pod. Yeah, at Have You Ever Pod. And see you next time. Bye. Bye.